0: The Bike Riders is the motion picture event roaring into theaters June 21st. I built this club out of nothing. Inspired by true events, USA Today hails The Bike Riders as a must-see summer movie. No, 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 no. Starring Jodie Comer.
1: The club is changing.
0: Austin Butler. Is but we are And Tom Hardy. This is outside town me. Outsiders become legends. Yeah. The Bike Riders. Rated R. Under 17 on a minute without parent. Written and directed by Jeff Nichols. Only in theaters June 21st
2: this week on underdogs it's the college football national championship game
1: are the washington huskies a worthy dog in the pac-12's last stand and then we got your week 18 so-called meaningless games Ha! they're meaningful for the underdogs underdogs contest the cry goes up both far and near for underdog
0: underdog count going on right now tomorrow five seconds left in the game you believe in yes! george the dream is alive
1: underdogs then i guess there's only one thing left to do win the whole
2: fucking thing it's the underdogs back with you the first episode of 2024 happy new year everybody i am jordan brenner joined as always by my co-host peter keating and back with us for the third time this season, special guest, Mike Golick Jr. Gojo. Happy New Year, guys. How are you?
1: Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Jordan. Happy New Year, Mike. Uh, now we, like the Joan Rivers to your Johnny Carson, Jordan, I think, is uh, to use my outdated analogies. Jordan, I had a great holiday with one exception. I, I hope you did, too. I, I mailed my Christmas gifts to uh, relatives in Detroit but they got returned because the recipients were ruled ineligible receivers.
2: Ooh. Oh my God! Know, how we are long starting been 2020. On that, on that note, uh, Mike, how, are you interested in a permanent co-hosting game?
0: I don't know if I'm going to be able to compete with the law. Like I was, I was eating out of the palm of his hand there, ready for holiday goodness, and hit me over the head with that. So I don't know if I can compete with that. I'll try though. Well, there you go.
1: Well, we did. We spent the, our whole NFL episode right before the holidays, Mike, saying things like. Kyler Murray Christmas and LaMari Christmas. So it just gets it. It will get worse as we go on.
2: Well, what was the highlight of your Christmas New Year's week? Uh, We, you know, other than blessing the world without it, with not giving them a show. um, (laughs) (laughs) What what did you enjoy
1: most? (laughs) Talking to me, Jordan? Well, I got to see you. I got to I got uh, to see both my in-laws and my parents, which is a championship week, no matter uh, no matter what, how you slice it.
0: I got to see both my nephew and my new niece. My nephew is about 15 months old. My niece is about six weeks old. And so I always joke because I'm you know, a single father of none, but I have a lot of friends. I have mid, you know, went to college in the Midwest, which means they got married young and started having kids young. And so I'm board certified up to like eight years old, which means 14 months and six weeks. I got that stuff down. We're rushing off some of the dust with the newborn, but it's been pretty good and was uh, certainly fun to hang out with both of them.
2: Well, I uh, I got to take a family vacation. Um, ten of us. The highlight was uh watching my uh, my mother, who is an old school pre Title IX jock, have a football catch in the pool with Candace Parker, which basically how made did that ha-
1: her, how did that happen Wait, Her we, year? So what, what, Candice Parker happened
2: to be at this place. Uh, I recognized her immediately. Um. I my mom, who was out of her mind, and there was a football in the pool, and my son and uh, my mom were throwing with her. She was um, so cool. Um, her kids were cool. Her wife was cool. Um, I said to her, look, we'll be out of your hair. You know, I, I, It's a pleasure <laughs> to meet you. And she's like, you're not in our hair at all. So like, just awesome down to earth. Great to meet her. That was the highlight. The, the low light was a couple of days later, I got COVID. So, you know, mixed bag. But uh, we're back with you. We're here, and we are ready to talk some college football because we've got a championship game, but I don't know if we have a a pure underdog. You got Michigan favored by four and a half points, but this is hardly a one-side affair, guys. So from an underdog podcast perspective, I feel like we're a little out of our depth here. Uh, Mr. Gojo, what do you think? Is this a a case of one team
0: clearly being the better team, or is this more of a toss-up? I think it's more of a toss-up. Like, Michigan is the more complete team. That's probably the way we're supposed to say it, just because... Their defense is so great. The offense is at least foundationally built the right way. They've got a veteran quarterback and J.J. McCarthy. Like The wild card with Washington and the difficult part about placing them for most of the season has been their defense is not statistically good, and they also don't play good the vast majority of the time, but they are timely. They are like the early Mahomes Chiefs where they have just enough playmakers on that side of the ball to go ahead and hand that thing back to the buzzsaw that is their offense, so it kind of makes them a complicated out.
2: Yeah, no, I I I'm with you. And and it you almost have to recalibrate your brain a little bit after watching the game against Texas because Washington looked unstoppable offensively. And you have to remember you're playing against a Big Twelve defense, not Michigan, because you know, you watch especially Michael Panix is great, but those receivers make him even better. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Well, I I think everything about the offense serves every part of it. Like, they've got the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line. The best offensive line unit in college football went to the Washington Huskies Mm -hmm. this year. And they are absolutely deserving... But they also have a play caller in Ryan Grubb who does so many things. I mean, the amount of protections they throw at you in the body of that game, because I actually think Pete Kwiatkowski, the defensive coordinator for Texas, like Big 12 defense means a lot more than it used to. Like that's a conference that's undergone a pretty severe renaissance in the last, I'd say, five, six years when it comes with that. And if you looked at Texas's defensive personnel to a man across the board, they were so much bigger. Than Washington, it was almost comical looking at like Parker Brailsford, the 275 pound center for Washington, going up against the Outland Trophy winner Tavondre Sweat, who's like 360 on a good day, and so they had beef. They did a lot of things up front that I think Michigan's going to be able to do and have success with. But to your point, Michael Penix helps those receivers because he puts the ball in great spots because he evaded a lot of pressure that was there. They just weren't able to get him down. And so when you've got an, a line that's good enough, a quarterback that's skilled, receivers that are NFL guys, and a play caller who's going to throw so much at that the players on their team can also absorb. Like, to be able to call those varied amounts of plays to do the things schematically they do, you got to have guys with a high aptitude so it all kind of works together.
2: Let me let me follow up on that really quick, and then we'll let Peter in his purple sweater um, wax poetic on, on Washington. But so... I don't want to kiss your ass here, but I've long thought, since I was a kid, honestly, I thought offensive line is the most important position of mm-hmm. football. And I just I just think everything flows from, if you can open up a hole, I can walk through it for four yards. If you can protect long enough, somebody's going to get open, and somebody's going to be able to throw them the ball. What I found interesting watching the Michigan-Alabama game, um, and it was the first time, it, it's certainly different from when Michigan played Georgia a couple years ago and so forth. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I, I really saw Michigan in one of these games. I'm like, you know what? They are every bit as strong, athletic, physical, et cetera, on both lines, they're not getting manhandled by an SEC team. Um, You mentioned the physicality, or lack thereof, of Washington's line. From what you saw in terms of of, of what Michigan did to Alabama,
0: will that line hold up against a defense like Michigan's? Yes, Uh, absolutely. Like, it'll... Similar problems. Like I said, Texas had opportunities to get to Penix. There were pressures there. Like I'd be curious to see the pressure percentage versus what we saw was a lack of sack production in that game, whereas Michigan was the total opposite. You had five sacks in the first half of that game, but the the thing I look back and going back and watching all those sacks from the Alabama game and just the way Michigan's defense is structured, Jesse Minter runs an NFL operation over there, and so they throw a lot at you. All five of Michigan's sacks were different looks. All five came from different spots, but only two of them in my mind were sacks where it was one side physically beating the other. The others were free rushers. They were guys coming from spots. They were eye violations by Alabama not being on the same page. Washington is always on the same page. It's my favorite thing about that group is the task for offensive line, the way we always phrase is five guys got to see things through one set of eyes. Washington's group sees the same picture. Their quarterback sees the same picture. And so if they're going to be wrong based on how they idea front, They're wrong together. So Michael always knows where the pressure is going to be coming from, where the free hit's going to be coming from. They're physically capable. Washington's offensive line, extremely athletic East and West. But I think their biggest advantage is they are so together and they still understand how they fit into Ryan Grubb's overall plan and the protection plan for that team.
1: So this is amazing because we're all on the same page. All my initial notes about this game are all about line of scrimmage stuff about specifically Washington's offensive line. Their last lateral quickness, their Mm -hmm. their movement in unison, their execution on stunts or play, right? They have taken not needing to be 380 pounds and fast at the same time, as far as the concept can go, as far as I can see. And you're right. I mean, Michigan's front seven played amazing, at least through the first half. I mean, six sacks. And at the end of the game, they had the game winning stop. But I mean, Washington's given up 11 sacks all season. Now you can talk about the competition. You can talk about, um, you know, how that's a matter of scheme, but that, it, I mean, it, I mean, it is amazing. I mean, Penix against top 25 defenses. Okay. Nine touchdowns, two interceptions, 1400 yards in four games. I mean, they've played tough comp. He's played, they've played tough competition very well. So, and that's something else, you know, Texas, Was uh Texas was the number three team in the country in terms of rushing defense this season. I mean, Alabama's good, but they did give up a few more yards per game um than Texas. And so uh, you know, whether they're going to be able to keep Penix upright and whether they're gonna be able to rush the ball at all, those are the key questions for this game. And I kind of think the answer is yes, for all the reasons that you guys are talking about. Um, I'll also say you want to, I don't know if you have any prop bets or any player bets you want to throw out Jordan, but Dylan Johnson to score the first touchdown of the game as he did in the last game is plus 800. That seems like a really good value to me because I think if gonna, he can walk, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, well, I mean, that's why it's not plus 300 or minus 120 like with like he has to score any touchdown at all, but he's
0: negative. I mean, so yeah, that's a I mean,
1: there's the, I mean, if there's ever a game you're going to make yourself go play in, it'll be this one. I think they're going to be able to move the ball on the ground a little bit, which also eases up things on the quarterback.
0: Mike, you agree? I, I don't. I, I don't see them running on Michigan at all. Um. Uh, they're t- like uh, so much of Washington outside of the gaudy passing numbers. Cause that's the lead dog for their offense, right? It's, and I saw Jeff Schwartz tweeting about this the other day. There's no 50, 50 balls in Washington's offense. They're they're 70, mm-hmm. 30, they're 75, yeah. 25. The receivers and the quarterback are on such a good page that it it's the golden state warriors. It messes up the math to the point where defense and other normal tenants of the sport kind of become a little less important, but they're timely. And you saw Washington down on the goal line. Bunch of tackle over stuff, able to clear lanes there and short yardage. I always used to joke when you're like on third and one and you get a one and a half yard run, call that an efficient run. They're not all pretty, but you get them efficient. Washington's rushing attack, I think, can do that same thing against Michigan, mostly because, again, and this is the thing I'm most interested about, who's going to dictate the terms? Michigan's defense dictated the terms to Bama. They made Bama adjust. They called the shots on that. Washington, because they can present so many things to you, Michigan's defense isn't going to have the same level, or at least it won't be as easy right. to go downhill and do right. the same things because they change so much. And that includes the running game that, by the way, includes Michael Penix Jr. now. like Those quarterback yep. run reps, that's that's Indiana, Michael Penix Jr. That stuff wasn't on the scout team card for them going into that game. And now it's got to be for Michigan who's got one more thing to worry about. Well, where do you think that came from? Why, why
2: would they hold back on that all year and then suddenly
0: unleash him that way? I mean, you know, Michael Penix, I mean, as we start to look towards draft season, like we know the injury history is going to be a part of the conversation with him. And so you're worried that the guy who's the linchpin of your offense that hasn't really needed quarterback run for a vast majority of the year would get in a position where it's compromised. So they had to trust that, hey, you saw he took care of himself. He got down on those runs. He wasn't trying to. Put his shoulder into guys or Josh Allen, the end of those things. But I think it's being judicious with that, with the healthier quarterback in mind, understanding how important he is to your offense. He also got uh, involved
1: Mike in and- a few. He got also got involved in a few Pac twelve shootouts, right? I mean, yeah.
2: Mike and I have a have a have a uh, bone to pick with the football world in a second. But before we do that, real quick predictions. It, it sure sounds like you guys are both leaning Washington.
1: Well, I, I I know we're not necessarily making picks against the spread or looking at betting markets here, but. 74% of the bets on this game and 76% of the money is on Washington and Washington's five and zero straight up, not against the spread straight up as an underdog under Kalen DeBoer. It all, the whole situation suggests to me that at the very least the spreads too big. You know what I mean? I think Washington's undervalued here and um, I'm wearing purple. Uh, we we've talked about the PAC 12 all season at least, I mean, for irrational reasons, I'm rooting for Washington. makes it hard to go against them, say the spread's too small. So, yeah, what the hell, I'll pick Washington either either way.
0: Yeah, I'm leaning Washington. It scares me because I hear a lot of people doing that, and usually when everything leans one way, I prepare myself for the alternative. But it, it, I think it boils down to, and this was the same concern I had going into the Alabama game that never ended up coming to fruition because that passing attack kind of fell apart early on, is can they win a shootout? Because Washington's going to get theirs on offense. Can J.J. McCarthy go out there and do the things in the passing attack they did early in the season against elevated competition? Again, Washington defense is a softer landing spot, but Jabbar Muhammad's made enough plays. That linebacker room can show up. Braylon Trice got after the quarterback well in the semifinal game. Can J.J. McCarthy, if they got to turn this into a drop back thing to keep pace, can he hold up in that? I have doubts still. I don't even know if that's going to be necessary. They ran the ball.
2: Look, Look, Texas ran the ball down Washington's throat when they committed to it. I think this is a, a Michigan running game the whole way. I think McCarthy can make plays. Look, I'm scared, too. And I feel like there's some sort of karma going on here that like, all right, you're going to decimate the Pac-12 fine. We're going to win the national championship this year. Like, it just, <laughs> yeah, some force is bigger than that at work. Um, I, I I I am rooting for Michigan. I have a lot of Michigan friends. I'd like to see them happy. Um, So I think that's the biggest thing of Michigan. Look, if this is just a, a, a Michigan game manhandles a lot of scrimmage, they're running backs, you know, picking up chunks every play, then I don't care how many yards Washington passes for them, make a mistake here and there. But real quick, before we move on, Gojo, you and I are, are outraged at the same... Ru- Sometimes rules in sports don't manifest themselves until the worst possible moment. And there was something that happened at the end of that Washington-Texas game that is so inexplicable to me that I don't know how it exists. Uh, yeah. People talked about it at the time, but when on third down, Texas is out of timeouts, Dylan Johnson runs the ball. that could have kneeled, okay, but runs the ball, gets hurt. The clock stops. The fact that it didn't restart when the player was removed from the field and it doesn't restart until the snap is so strange, is so wrong. It's penalizing a team for being injured. And I don't understand where the rule came from, why it still exists, but Mike,
0: our mission for the next
2: few months is <laughs> to get rid of this rule
0: we got to find a way. The only person I would count on to know the etymology of something like that is Bill Curry. I've often joked my dad shared a broadcast booth with Bill Curry when he was calling college football games when I was a kid. And Bill used to always call the house phone back when you just had a landline and he would leave these long, sprawling voicemails because he's got that very slow Southern drawl. And Bill Curry knew the story about the the etymology of everything, touching the gloves and boxing, all that stuff when I was a kid. So I'm sure he would know and I'm sure he would agree. This is silly and we need to change it because you're absolutely right. You shouldn't be penalized because your guy got his foot hurt. Right.
2: right and I, there are dangerous situations. I mean, I had someone point out on on Twitter that like, you can have a team trying to injure players in that situation. Right.
1: right? To, like, to stop the It clock. opens
2: up a real slippery slope. But speaking of slippery slopes, that's what it's been for us picking NFL underdogs all year. And we'll be back with the final underdog, underdog contest of the uh, season right after this.
1: Underdog. Underdog. underdog.
2: Um, boom, boom.
1: We're this close to crowning an NBA champ, and with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. Look, maybe you want to take uh, Dallas on the money line in Game 1. Maybe you have a favorite score. you want to— you know, maybe you think Porzingis is going to explode now that he's back playing for Boston— If you're new to DraftKings, you've got to check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code UNDERDOGS. That's code UNDERDOGS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours.
2: Gambling problem? Call 1 800 GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball. For eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Before history is written,
1: it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time.
0: Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last
1: forever. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Underdog, underdog.
2: We're back. And for the last time this season, and maybe the last time ever, if certain people have their way, it's the underdogs, (laughs) underdogs contest, where once again, we have to pick underdogs in the NFL games. They have to be a dog of at least three points or more. You get one point if they cover, two points if they win outright, and three if they win outright as a dog of six or more. The sad news is um, this contest is over. Team Sarah, as we call it, our producer Sarah McCrory, and our rotating panel of guests have clinched first place with a total of 34 and half points. Gojo, you've contributed to that with two weeks already. You can tack on here. I'm in second with 25 points. Peter is in last with 22 and a half. The order, Wait, this so week... so
1: there is a live competition between you and me for second place. Correct, correct. Well, there you go. All
2: right. The uh, so on that note, the order this week: Gojo, me, Peter. Take it away with the first pick.
0: All right. Uh, yeah. And by the way, no one go back and look and see how many I contributed in being <laughs> right to that overall cause. Just assume it was all of them every time I was on. Uh, That being said, first pick to start off here, I'm going to go Bears plus three on the road against the Packers. There it is. Um, Obviously, you know, Jordan Packers all been great, but I think the Bears have a real chance to play spoiler, motivated. Justin Fields has obviously been playing for his football future every week and has been doing it really well. This last week was probably the best week of Justin Fields' overall football that we've seen, so I'll ride with those guys. All right. Going with the Pack. Well, I am making a strategic
2: move because i i want to close this gap as much as possible um so what, this you
1: is like less checking, about... and a, checking and checking in a hand of poker what what, what do you mean no it's
2: the likely move? look there's only two games where you can get the full 3 points so i'm going to go go big or go home i'm going to take the commanders plus 13 points at home oh, oh, oh. against the cowboys oh. if there was ever a situation for the cowboys to choke it's this one <laughs> not as good on the road as as we've seen as, as Dak is at home, but this is purely about getting the full three points and giving myself a chance to, at least within striking distance of team Sarah. So I don't have a lot of football reasons to make this pick. It's just
1: a math game. Commanders plus 13. Let's go. Washington has let the betters down again and again and again. They're Oh, three and one as a home dog. They're horrible, but I guess Good luck because it's the only way Dallas isn't going to win the, uh, the division. Give me Baltimore at home, three and a half point underdog to Pittsburgh with Mason Rudolph. Give me this all day long. Here's the stat when everyone else is talking about momentum, interim coaches, benching their players. Here's the stat to keep in mind about this week. And this is from my man, Anthony, uh, DeBondo, uh, at the action network, who's become one of my favorite analysts. This is amazing. In week 18, all time, teams that must win to reach the playoffs, facing teams that have no motivation, their playoff spot or lack thereof already locked in, are 18 and 28. 39% goes down to 33% when the line is three or bigger. Pittsburgh is the only team in the league with a winning record that has been outscored. Uh, Baltimore hasn't played any games this year as a home underdog, but uh, as an underdog, they're two and zero against the spread uh, beating the spread by 13 points. Of course, that's with Lamar Jackson, but Tyler Huntley's capable. In fact, you can win bar bets on this. Tyler Huntley made the pro bowl last year. Yes, he did. Yes. He replaced <laughs> Josh Allen yes. when he got injured. So Baltimore is a home oh. underdog with a great team. They hate the Steelers. They got a pro bowl quarterback. of bets, but not more than 90% of the money is on Baltimore. Give me the Ravens.
0: That is the Baltimore team that, like, cares enough to win all the preseason games all the time. So you're right. right. They major in games that are air quotes meaningless. Second pick,
1: riding again, my Carolina Panthers, five and a half points. They're getting against Tampa Bay. Again, Tampa Bay, everything on the line. Carolina, only a chance to play a spoiler, but you know they're not tanking. They got a bunch of draft picks on the line. Uh, Carolina three, three and one against the spread as a home underdog this year. Uh, they got blown out last week, which means it's a good week to bet on them this week. It's a divisional late season game. And the biggest thing is Tampa Bay has been very lucky. Carolina, the unluckiest team in football this year. Uh, so give me Carolina against Tampa Bay.
2: All right. With, uh, my final pick of the year, uh, I'm going to take the Rams plus three and a half against the 49ers. Uh, Look, the 49ers are going to play some stars, but we know McCaffrey's out. I imagine Trent Williams won't play. This game doesn't really matter much for the Rams either. They're either going to be the six or seven seed. But if they care about moving up to the six, you know, I could see them putting forth a pretty good effort. They're hot. You know, now look, a Mason Crosby field goal and they wouldn't look so hot right now. But uh, I I was happy with that outcome. Helps the Giants draft position. Um, I love the way the Rams are playing offensively right now. I think their starters will play more and longer than the Niners. I think they want to send a message here to the rest of the NFC that they're a team to be reckoned with in the playoffs. I think we'll talk a lot about them actually next week's show when we discuss underdogs for the playoffs. I think they're going to be a very trendy uh deep seed. Let's put it that way. So give me the Rams plus three and a half at the 49ers. And Gojo, take us
0: out here. All right. That was a good one. That's probably what I wanted to do there. So uh that's what I do to since, people. You know what since I already got this in the bag, I'll take the Titans as a home dog. Vrabel's sure. pissed off. The Jags have been such a hot and cold inconsistent team. I understand Trevor Lawrence I think is practicing on a limited basis at this point so there's a chance he could be out there, but that hasn't always meant a ton anyway. That wide receiver room's been beat up. The defense has started to let it out and maybe if we get a, you know, a classic Mike Vrabel make something out of nothing game here to end the season. Tennessee's been losing games in overtime, losing
1: games by field goals, right? I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's Rabel as a home underdog. I'm surprised they lasted this long in our, in our little draft. Am I the only one, by the way, who
2: would have been just as happy with Colts Texans as the Sunday night game, as, as the, as
1: the Bills Dolphins game? I, I've been, you know, I've been rooting for the Colts all season. They were my preseason pick to, uh, beat expectations, and I haven't seen them a lot. I haven't gotten, right? To and see my them a preseason
2: lot. pick was the Texans. So, it yeah. Would have been, me that and you been a, head to head, mano a mano. That would have been,
1: that would have been our first live cast opportunity. But Fantastic. We would, we would have dragged golick back on for our versioning oh of the Manning cast.
0: <laughs> I and you I, even... I would have been, uh, I would have been just <laughs> as honored as as uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and his donkey making yeah, their if, way on that.
1: <laughs> if Gojo was the,
2: if Gojo was the third member of of this bastardized version of a Manning cast, who, what guests would we get? <laughs> like a dog that sp- does a frisbee on its nose,
0: or like, <laughs> oh my God, no, you should get a red panda to come through here. Red panda, we would
2: have no chance of getting.
0: Like, well, uh,
1: at, this, <laughs> at, at this point, we stand a much better chance of getting Tommy DeVito's agent. Oh, there
2: we go. I want to Rod Taylor's agent. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, Gojo, thanks as always. Can't wait to talk with you about you. reshaping the entire college sports universe in the future. Until then... Uh, we really know
1: how to lure him <laughs> back, Brenner.
2: We're going to fix yeah. it all, damn it. We're going <laughs> to fix it all. all. Happy 2024, everybody. Enjoy this show. We'll be back with a big-time NFL playoff preview next week.
1: The Underdogs Podcast is a production of Metal Media and the DraftKings Network. Our show is produced by Sarah McCrory. Our executive producer is Neely Lohman. Follow us on Twitter, at Peter NJ and at Jordan Brenner. And tell a friend. Subscribe to the Underdogs podcast anywhere you like to listen. And be sure to tune in again next week. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer